Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to the Concierge Coaches Show with Bruce Cameron and Justin Nimmergood, only on LA Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another exciting show of the Concierge Coaches Show here on LA Talk Radio. I'm Bruce Cameron, along with Justin Nimmergood. Justin. What's going on, sir? Happy Monday. Another uh, beautiful week this week here in sunny Southern California. How goes it with you out in uh, Dallas? Out just about the same, just about the same. Been a little chillier than normal, but we have a nice uh, sunny day out here today, and it's a, just a, a, perfect, uh, a perfect day to begin the week. Um, for those of us that are working, some of us are, are not working, observing uh, the Dr. King day, but uh, the show must go on in the in the private sector. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what's going on here, brother. So glad to glad to hear you. And sounds like we got an exciting show on deck today. Yeah, I'm 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 excited. Uh, you know, well, every week certainly, but have a really dynamic guest that we'll be introducing here in a couple minutes. Uh, to our listeners today, just that I think will bring all a ton of value. So can't wait for that. But before we get into that, Bruce, love to hear, you know, what what was going on last week? Uh, what was up and new with you last week? Anything uh, exciting or any odd or, or oddball conversations you had with any of your oh, guys well, you want to share? Of course, uh, every day is a oddball day. Uh, uh, actually uh, had a had a client. I just didn't trust him, but I made him take his shirt off in the session. He's from from Jalisco and was talking all this stuff and and uh, just wanted to make sure those tattoos that he had all over his body. I was checking to make sure uh, none of them were this, you know, cartel, Jalisco, Nuevo Generacion. There's a lot of lot of uh, drug folks you know, getting services here and there. So <laughs> a oh, little bit off the beaten path, but I uh, had to go back to my roots and make double sure. The guy's wife was with him. She was like, no, no, that's that's good, sir. You're doing your job. You're being very thorough in the intake. I said, yes, ma'am. So, wow. so that's, wow. a, that's a little bit off the beaten path. But uh, how many times have you done that in your career? <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot when I was in the prison system, but not not so much in the private world. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I get the prison system, Bruce, but I mean, since then, that's probably got to be. You can probably that was the first one, one hand, right? That was yeah. That was the first paid paid engagement that uh, we had to just uh, get that extra layer of of security. But um, but now, so that yeah, that was the highlight for the. I was thinking about that, like, yeah, that guy, did I make that guy take his shirt off? It's almost like I was in a fugue state the next day shaved. <laughs> um, like I was in a state of psychogenic fugue, but I, I remember like, yeah, that that's right. I, I did that. Um, but other than that, yeah, things are going pretty smooth down here. And, uh, um, you know, uh, things are, things are a little bit quiet, but I think once this, uh, this government shutdown uh, gets resolved, or whatever, uh, I, I, I think that 
the economy and stuff will start to roll a little bit harder, faster. Yeah, we could probably spend a whole show, which we won't, on on the government shutdown and the the obviously the um, the fallout and kind of the impact of that. But um, yeah, I hear you on that front. Kind of similar um, similar week for me, although it's been pretty active, I would say. So so this week, you know, I'm sure most of you regular listeners out there have heard heard the name Babbitt by now, which is just one of my regular uh, consulting clients and been working hand in hand with them for about four months now and uh exciting times you know this week hosting their first ever kickoff so one of the initiatives i put in place with them was the necessity to to formally bring everyone together and, and do this kickoff which was also part of you know the sales strategy right it's like if you're going to hire these people like you, you got to build some you know team camaraderie and 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 get them built into the vision and the culture and the mission of the company. And you can't do that remotely. There's just some things you can't do remotely. Sorry. Right. Even though we live in a, a tech day and age. And y'all so, met in a slinky place, right? Or going to meet is it in the Bay uh, area? No, no, no. We're meeting down oh, okay. here actually. Okay. Uh, so uh, it is a swanky place. I, I so, swanky. Yeah. yeah. It's down at fashion Island That's right. uh, in Orange That's County. It. So, yes. so, yes. um, we're booking out, you know, some meeting rooms and conference spaces, and then we're hosting a partner and client, uh, partner, client, you know, prospect, newcomer, whatever you want to call it, uh, social mixer, actually, on this Thursday night at Aqua Lounge, which is, for those of you in Southern California, you, you, you know, or in particular Orange County, you've heard of Aqua Lounge. <laughs> like, it's, it's the place, one of the places to be in Orange County, because there's not that many. It's not like L.A., that has a, an eccentric nightlife and tons of places to choose from. Orange County's got a handful of them that are good, uh, but Aqua Lounge is certainly one of them. So we're excited for that. We've got a kind of a nice guest list that'll be there. So uh, any listeners, by the way, you know, that that are in kind of this space, um, feel free to reach out to me. You know, we do have a couple spots left for that event this Thursday. But yeah, so exciting, exciting week ahead. Um, but yeah, that's what my week was consisting of, is mostly getting ready for, for this week, if you will. Excellent. I hope it goes well. I look forward to seeing pictures of, uh, you had that one nice social media picture of yourself there, turned sideways, about ready to do something. It's <laughs> a good shot there. Yeah, yeah. Naomi, so, uh, Naomi uh, posted that one for me. She's nice like, one. do this and do that. Yeah, yeah. She's my creative director. So <laughs> thanks, I, Bruce. I appreciate it. Hey, look, I had, I had a good haircut. I had a good haircut on Saturday that yielded a, a good result. So uh, that, there was hey, a drone. That's all you can. Yeah, that's drony. all you can ask for. <laughs> a good result. <laughs> yeah, yielded a good drony shot, which metrics are coming in right now. It's pretty good. It's kind of at 97 likes on one thing. So not bad for an old man. But um, anyway, awesome. great. So what, so what we got going on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, folks, uh, I, I'm particularly excited to, to introduce this, uh, our guest for today. And it's someone that I've met. Um, I would say through the coaching community and you know, what's amazing to me is regardless of where you are in the world, the, this coaching community of ours, you know, that we're obviously in the thick of Bruce, it just, the, the tribe, the, um, you know, mission that we all have the ability to somehow get connected with one another is quite amazing. 
you know, my, my favorite story, and I'll keep a brief of that was, you know, I had another gentleman that's kind of Genesis from the Tony Robbins community and never met the guy before. And we connected through Facebook and, you know, just through that Tony Robbins community, we ended up meeting up for, for dinner and well, not in Spain, you know, when I was out there in Spain a couple of years ago. So it, it seems like regardless of who you are, or where you are, but if you have a similar belief and mission, people find a way to find one another, I would say, and lock arms in a similar mission. And the gentleman, you know, that we have joining us today, Mr. Brett Jones, uh, is absolutely outstanding. You know, so I've had a pleasure of kind of seeing his journey similarly on Facebook and other social media outlets, was introduced to him uh, via Mark Black, who's also a friend and, and, uh, you know, coaching, consulting, um, you know, buddy of mine. And, uh, he's just outstanding. He's an entrepreneur. He's created over $400 million uh, company in his 20s, but he lost it in his 30s. And, and he's recreated that similar wealth um, since then after 35 uh, with he and his wife, Marie. So um, great story there. You know, they took some time off to sail around the world. Um, they are now leading up what's called the Relationship Warriors, which is dedicated to saving a million marriages particularly for entrepreneurs um, who can find their families and children, you know, m maybe in suffering and when they don't have the, the, maybe the skills to have it all. Right. So that's really who they focus on. Uh, they also have a retail company and a property development company as well. They operate in three. Uh, um, they operate all three and have two children, Chase and River, age 13 and 14. They've been married 23 years and together 26 they teach entrepreneurs the communication code that makes two more powerful than one. So without further ado, I, I am just absolutely thrilled, you know, to introduce Mr. Brett Jones today and welcome him to the Concierge Coaches Show. Brett? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me here. It's awesome. I just love it. And thank you for such a kind intro. My pleasure, Brett. My pleasure. You know, it's it's good to good talk to you. And as you can tell, he's very much American. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Awesome. It's good to be here. And I'm actually in Los Angeles at the moment. Uh, you know, normally we'd be doing this and I'd be, uh, you know, down under. But uh, I'm over here. We're doing some events in Los Angeles. So, in fact, uh, we were down. It's funny you mentioned the fashion center. We're just down there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago with Mark Lack. And uh, we've just run our, our event here, uh, the Code event, um, in Los Angeles over the last three days. And uh, later this week, we're heading over to Orlando to run uh, the event there for the first time as well. So, you know, we're gradually spreading out here in America, and we certainly uh, are on that mission to save a million marriages or restore a million marriages. And that's and that's just fantastic. And I love when people put, by the way, not just people, anyone, right, puts a big hairy ass goal out there in the, in, the, in the world and says, you know, and it's a number that probably a lot of people say, what the hell, how do you? But but you know, Brett, just tell us a little bit more about you know yourself and and kind of your mission and kind of what you have going on. You know, share that with yeah. the listeners if you would. Look, absolutely. If if you like, I'll start. You know, from from the beginning of the journey, like when I was. I 18 or 19 is that a good place to start yeah absolutely take us away okay so you know i think one of the things i've found over the years and i'm 61 years of age now but um, one of the things i've found in 40 years of being an 
entrepreneur is that success leaves clues. And over that period of time, I've had the privilege of not only, you know, working with a lot of very uh, wealthy and successful people who've been my business partners, mixing with them, socializing with them, but also learning from them and learning those lessons that we can all take to shorten our own journey. You know, one of the things I love about entrepreneurs is that generally the wise ones go, you know what? And I know you guys would have heard it a million times before, but it is so true to find a mentor that can really guide you. And I know I've had a number of mentors over the years, but like most people, I started literally with nothing. You know, I had two very kind um, and good parents who did the very best they could for me. And uh, they sent me to, uh, you know, colleges uh, or universities, as we call them in Australia. And um, I started learning how to be a real estate valuer, which means to get a formal qualification, get certified, and then you can go to court and like put a value on a property. But I never actually worked as a, as a valuer. And, um, you know, I got married very young. I was married when I was uh, 19 years of age, had my first child uh, when I was 20. And accidentally came across in the first company that I worked for a file that my boss sent me to look at. And in that file, what I found was a very simple system of making money from nothing, Justin. Ah. And, <laughs> and what I found is that, you know, as entrepreneurs, if we can just find one way that we can really relate to and perfect, then we've found our path. And I've used that same method over and over again to literally make me millions of dollars. And the method that I found in the file was I saw that my boss at the time, like who owned the company, and it was quite a big company, and um, it eventually became part of the Collier's International Network, if you know commercial real estate companies. And Collier's yep. started in Australia and then expanded to America and Canada. And so he was a pretty wealthy guy, but he didn't have enough money to do this particular development. So one of our clients, he went to him and said, like, I know that there's this bank that wants to set up a new branch. I've found a site. I've got the bank. I think they'll lease it from me, um, but I don't have the money. Will you give me the money? We'll do a 50-50 deal. And the client said, yes. Now, I was only like 20 years of age, but it occurred to me, you know, I might be young, but I'm not stupid. And I went, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, that's absolutely awesome. So you can make literally millions of dollars from that one system. And then I had an opportunity to do this deal. And I want to tell you about it because, again, I think it illustrates the principle that stops a lot of entrepreneurs from going out there and really giving it a go. And that is that we, we tend to think that it's impossible to make something from nothing. So I was working with this client and he wanted to buy this shopping center from one of our clients who's called, who was called Stan Perrin. He's um, you're worth about $4 billion. He's one of Australia's you know, top billionaires. And <clears throat> Stan had bought this little property and it was called Dog Rock Shopping Center and it was a dog. And it was only worth $2 million, but Stan just had bought it. He was trying to get to know retail property and he wanted to get rid of it. So he agreed to sell it to this client of mine for 18% yield on the passing income. In other words, the income the property was generating right now gave him, on his purchase price, 18%. Yeah. 
damn, did you just say this is crazy, right? <clears throat> and not only that, the guy put down a $5,000 deposit on the deal. And then he came to me and said, look, do you know a mortgage broker that could get me the finance? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll hook you up. So I did. And we organized the first mortgage at about 60% of the value. And then he said to the mortgage broker, oh, look, I'm having a few cash flow problems at the moment. Can you organize me a second and a third mortgage? And we managed to do it. We managed at that time to get the property valued more than the purchase price. So we ended up borrowing the full amount of the money, right? All of it. We borrowed it all. And he was only paying 5%. So 5% against $2 million, right, is just, is a lot less is it just a hundred thousand in mortgage payments, right? So mm-hmm. he had an income at eighteen percent of around four hundred grand. So he's making three hundred thousand dollars above the cost of his mortgage payments, even borrowing the full amount of the money. Then a week before settlement, and I'm a commission real estate agent this time, I'm thinking two percent two million dollars, that's forty thousand dollars to the company, that's twenty thousand dollars to me. And this is back in the nineteen eighties. So we're talking like 50 grand now. So I was like, oh my God, I got to make this happen. And he comes to me and goes, I don't have um, the tax. So in Australia, when we buy a property like that, you have to pay a tax to the government worth 5%. So hundred grand. I don't have it. And I'm freaking out going, oh my God, the whole deal is going to collapse. There goes my 20 grand. So... I think, what can I do? So I go to Stan and go, look, he's got all the money except for the stamp duty, the tax. Would you lend him the $100,000 and immediately as he gets the excess income out of the property, he will pay that back to you. And unbelievably, Stan agreed to this. So the guy bought the with 300 grand coming in per year for no money. So again, and why I'm telling you, you guys this story and your listeners, dots connect together. I then get transferred to Melbourne and across my desk comes a letter from exactly the same bank that I saw in the file that were called Westpac. And this bank is looking for locations around Melbourne. So I do exactly the same thing in the file. I go and find a site. The tenant commits, Westpac say, yep, I'll lease it, but I don't have any money. So I go back to the client that bought the shopping center and say, will you lend me the money? And he goes, well, Brett, at the moment, I actually don't have any, but give me a week. He comes back to me in a week. He's got a friend in Germany who's worth $80 million, and he agrees to put up the money. But John says to me, okay, Brett, the deal is one-third to you, one-third to me, and one-third to this guy in Germany. And I go, yep, no problem. So the, guy, the German guy, a week later, transfers $400,000 into a bank account I've set up in Australia. And it happens just like that. Now I've got the tenant, wow. I've got the site, and I've got the money. We go ahead and do the development. We sell it before um, we've even completed to an investor in Melbourne. And I personally made two hundred grand for nothing in. Wow. <laughs> and I, then I say to this guy, John, how about we roll this up and we do another deal? Well, the guy in Germany thinks this is great. So we buy a site in central Melbourne, 
right next to um, the Parliament House, which is like the main government building, right? And we buy the site. I go to Westpac, the bank, and go, okay, how much do we need? We're going to need $2 million. The guy in Germany transfers $2 million to my bank account. We buy the site. I say to Westpac, um, it's going to cost $16 million to buy it. Um, we've got two. Will you lend us $14 million with no guarantees from me, from John, or from the guy in Germany? They look at his balance sheet and say, unbelievably, right? Yes. So, guys, I've gone from being a leasing agent, a commercial leasing agent, leasing up office buildings, to being a full-time developer. I've just, I'm only 22 years of age. I've just borrowed $16 million. <laughs> the day in October 1987, the stock market crashes. We put the building up for tender. It's not even complete yet. That very day, the tender closes and the stock market crashes. 40% in that day. We sell the building for $21.5 million to an insurance company that wants it as their new head office in Melbourne. We just made between a six and a half million dollars. If I translate that into today's dollars, we're talking about approximately $17 million. And I'm 22 years of age. Like I made, I made just- you know, <laughs> You're getting me- you're getting me excited here. Good. I like it. Good. Right, I've just made, in today's dollars, five and a half million dollars. So I moved back to Perth, you know, buy the big house in the best suburb, uh, buy a 4,000-acre farm um, an hour from Perth to go to on weekends and play farmer. And, you know, I've got all the toys, the private jets, you know, all that sort of stuff. I hook up with a Japanese construction company, do the same deal. Uh, on a $40 million center. And within three years, we've got $400 million worth of development under construction in different states around Australia. I fly to America. I check out Dallas. I'm with the Zama over here. We're going to do some stuff here in America. And my life has just gone from, you know, virtually nothing to literally having it all. But what I didn't have, guys, is I was building an empire, not what I now call a kingdom, meaning I didn't actually have it all. I didn't, at the same time, look after my family. I didn't take care of my marriage. I didn't have the skills in that area of my life. I wasn't really looking after my health, even though I was a black belt in karate prior to that. Um, you know, I was letting other areas of my life slip. And now, you know, over the years, I've seen entrepreneurs make that fatal mistake. Uh, I'm sure in your own journey, you've seen many people like this, right? And they're awesome at what they yes. do. But they Absolutely. have of the other areas of their life. And I know, you know, Justin, if you're, you're doing any of Tony's work, and, you know, I've certainly done that over the years too, you know, he's very big around, okay, there's, this, there's other areas of your life you need to take care of. And within Relationship Warriors, that's what we teach. That's what we show, particularly entrepreneurs, how to look after each of the different territories. Because what I've learned, Justin, is it's not just strategy. Like the strategy is very simple. Find a site, sorry, find a tenant that's got a demand, find a site for them, find someone with money. If you've got the site, you've got the tenant, finding the money is no problem. 
That is the strategy. But to implement that strategy is 80% of the game. If we don't take care of where we've come from, from what I call the three conditioners of our existence and our life being our culture that we grow up in as a big influence on the states that we bring to whatever the game is that we're playing, the role models that we've had, sometimes we need to transcend those role models and the glass ceilings that those role models provide us. And then the events that have happened to us in our life condition us to either be able to blow the game up or to be limited by those things. So what I've learned is I've learned at 35 or in fact 33 when I blew the game up, I went to myself, Justin, holy crap. I thought I was on fire. I thought I was a god. I thought I couldn't make a mistake. And that was pure ego. And I not only blew the business up, unfortunately, I blew the marriage up. And then I had to deal with the devastation I left for my children at the same time. And what I learned from that failure was, that is so much pain piled onto a person all at once. I'm never going to experience that pain again. So I went on a journey. And I went on a journey of spirituality. I went on a journey of looking inside myself. I call it going to the cell. Because when I did my very first personal development event, I actually did it in an abandoned monastery. And I was sitting in a monk cell. <laughs> and inside that cell, I just got a lot of clarity about what I'd done and who I'd become and how I needed to adjust that to become the person that I actually wanted to be that could make that same wealth sustainable, could make that contribution journey that I now went on sustainable, that I could make my marriage sustainable and not only build a great business, but build it for a purpose, you know, build it for to pass it to my heirs, to pass a legacy on. And any man that's listening to me right now knows inside himself. You know, when I say that word legacy, that lights our skies on fire. Yes, it does. Hundred and fifty percent, right? Yeah, because you know, I, I know from listening, you know, to David and yourself, you know, you guys are the same as me. We're entrepreneurs and, and we love being different. We don't want the normal friggin' life that a lot of people live because they get conditioned into accepting ordinary and ordinary friggin' sucks. Like ordinary gets you to divorce between seven and 15 years. Ordinary gets you a friggin' life where uh, your fitness and your health, you're going to be 60. You're going to have a lifestyle related illness. that's going to inca- incapacitate you in some way. You're going to end up at 60, hoping to retire, not having enough money to be able to retire and having to work into your seventies. Not because you choose to, because you have to in a job you don't like. That's what ordinary figure gets. And it gets us kids who don't like us. Screw ordinary, Dustin. Screw ordinary. You know, I know you guys listening to me right now, you, you guys as hosts, know exactly what I'm talking about here. So in my own journey, I became very passionate about empowering entrepreneurs to have the skills, particularly when it comes to marriages and understanding that We've been cultured into a culture now. We've got a 60% divorce rate. We know statistically, if we don't fix that, we're going to sentence our children 
children are divorced to higher rates of anxiety, sadness, and depression. And I'm not up for that. I'm up for changing that. And when we start to understand that we've been conditioned to see men and women as equal, which we are, but we're not the same. We want to be loved. We want to be successful. But the way in which we experience that is completely different. You know, for a start, women, women use like four times the amount of language us guys use, right? Their brain is wired differently. The corpus callosum connects left and right hemisphere twice the size of a man. And they, they experience love in a completely different way to the way that we experience it. So these types of communication skills, learning this stuff is essential. And one of the things I have discovered, Justin, is that when we really bring our partner, particularly as men, into our business, they may not have the same business skills as us. Maybe they do. But if they don't, as a woman, they're still going to bring a different perspective to that game. And when we bring the queen in with the king, now two is more powerful than one. And I've seen that dynamic. You know, my beautiful wife, Marie, who grew up in Belfast in Ireland, um, you know, amongst the troubles, you know, it was a pretty tough time to, to be raised. She brings a different perspective to all those three businesses. She may not be intimately involved in the property side of things because I've got a lot of skill and a lot of experience there. But even just discussing it with her, she brings a, a different perspective to it. So, you know, that's a lot of the stuff that I've sort of learned over the last, you know, 40 years. And it certainly stood us in good stead to be able to create sustainable wealth to not only learn how to make enough income, because again, I've seen the game where you make enough income and I did it. You know, I was blowing a thousand bucks a day, not even thinking about it uh, back in the day. And whilst I made a lot of money, I wasn't really investing it. I was investing it in toys. I was still a prince, not a king. And what I've learned now is as I've made that money, I've now put that into more stable uh, sources of income, like just buying commercial property that's fully tenanted and living off that income so I can be here today, you know, talking with you and that thing, you know, is making me money. Uh, Marie's business is back there, you know, with, with a guy running it. My partner in my property company is making me money right now as I sit here and talk to you. And these common things that I'm sure, you know, in, in your journey as um, one entrepreneurs, but also two interviewers, you've heard many people espouse exactly these same principles. And the strategies are simple. They really are. Like, get out there, guys, and read a lot. Go and do as much personal development as you can possibly do. Set up your income so that, it, you know, you've got multiple sources of income. But to implement that and get those patternings and those conditionings out of the way to be able to do that, that's the real game. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Folks, if you are tuned in today, you just got you know several million dollars worth of, of guidance there in about 15 minutes. So you're welcome. Uh, first of all, uh, <laughs> all kidding aside, though, Brett, you know, I really love uh, what you're hitting on and in particular around kingdom versus empire. You know, I think if you look at society today, we talk in and, and, and I hate to say, it, but um, social media and some of the other outlets we see out there, there, there's this emphasis on building 
empire. But I love that you're using the word kingdom. Obviously, it's just a little, you know a little bit more of a spiritual slant, I would say. On on kind absolutely, of you know, totally. Because you know, in my journey, I I dove into spirituality. You know, I I did all the dudes, you know, Muji and, and you know all those guys. I sat with Hindu masters and um, you know absorbed Eckhart's teachings and read the Pali Canon. You know, the, the book the Buddhists wrote after Buddha died, back to front the Bhagavad Gita and, you know, um, the Course in Miracles, the Bible, uh, the Quran, you know, I've read it all. But what I discovered again in all of that is there's just common principles that we need to put into our life. So in Relationship Warrior, we live by a code. And the code is tell the effing truth. Because most of us shy away from that. We lie to ourselves about where we are. So when it comes to making decisions as an entrepreneur, we think we're over here on the left-hand side, but really, we're over here on the right-hand side. And we've set a course at, you know, 90 degrees from the left-hand side, and we think we're going to hit the target. But, oh, my God, we're actually over here on the right-hand side setting a course at 90 degrees, and we're going to miss the target by a friggin' mile because we actually can't tell ourselves the truth about the status of a marriage or our business. Like, like I've worked with many people who have, you know, near bankruptcy. And they're lying to themselves, Justin, about where they're at because they won't come to grips with how dire a circumstance they're actually in. They lie to themselves about where their marriage is at. Like, I hope Jeff Bezos is listening to this. Yeah. Yeah, right? that's a great example. What, what no, would you, that's a perfect example. And what would Sorry, you tell Jeff? Yeah, what would you, what would you tell Jeff at, at this point? I would tell Jeff at this point the only reason – they're getting a divorce, and I know this from experience. I'm, I know it sounds like a big claim. I get it. But I know from experience the only reason she's going to bail out is <clears throat> he's put the business before her. And you talk to any woman, and that is just a no-go zone. If you've got a marriage, she has to feel that she's first. She has to feel that she's first. And you can cope with all the stuff you need to do as an entrepreneur. But if you know the systems that we employ inside a marriage to make sure that she feels like that, she'll stay with you forever. She will never leave you. I've never met anyone yet that goes, oh, my God, they satisfy all my needs. They satisfy everything for me, but I need a divorce. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and to that point, you know, I, I think what's interesting is, you know, perhaps there's, I, I, I hate to admit this, but perhaps there are people out there that, you know, would say, you know what, maybe he just doesn't want to be with her or he wants to put his business first. But again, I want to center it back to your principle that you're teaching and training on and obviously building your um, tribe around, which is around this kingdom principle that... I feel like, it, and again, my all my studies and research would point to this too, and you know, Bible and you know everything else. You know, you were kind of speaking yep. to earlier. The kingdom is where it's at, right? So it's almost like <laughs> you were designed to be here on earth to be leading with someone else, right? Absolutely, no doubt and, about it. You know, so could you? Um, I mean, I don't so, know. What so, else Justin, you know, just. Just on that point, right? So for those that are listening that, you know, maybe haven't done the spiritual journey yet or are that religious or, you know, really haven't looked into that area, just sign 
scientifically, right? There is nothing that lights our brain up as much as a great relationship. It, as you said, it's almost like it's designed for that function. No drug, no artificial stimulant, nothing lights up the pleasure centers of our cortex as much as a relationship. It makes us statistically live longer, feel happier, and experience a higher quality of life. Full stop. Love, love. That's why you know they come out with all these uh, love and love and other drugs and all these movies and all these books. You know, love is a central theme of it. If you think about it, that is the drug. <laughs> you know, that is that is, is the pleasure center. Um, well, not and not to switch too much uh, gears too much here, Brett. But but I am curious. And one of the things I found most fascinating about your story is not just your 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 triumph but also your reemergence, right? So could you maybe just share a bit of a snippet with, with folks? And I guess I'm kind of referring to your thirties here where, you know, you gave us the, the story arc of, Hey, I built it to, you know, a, a business to $400 million, you know, um, property development under, under contract and whatnot. Kind of just give us kind of the tail end of that. And then the reemergence, if you will. Sure. So after the stock market collapse of 87, um, the government in Australia reduced interest rates um, substantially. The initial had them up almost nearly 20%. They were running at 18% in Australia at that time. And then they dropped them dramatically down, which kept the economy going for a while. But inevitably, um, you know, what I found in my journey, uh, Justin, I think this is great advice for anybody that's listening. I had a set of rules set up. You know, like I'd, I'd learned and had enough experience to know things like, okay, I came from uh, Perth, which is a, a town a bit like Dallas or Houston. You know, it's built around uh, exploration, minerals, oil, all that sort of stuff. So it's very much a boom and bust economy. And, uh, you know, I cut my teeth there, leasing office space during a boom. And I got to see it was very much a boom and bust. And I, I said to myself, okay, you know, I'm never going to, like, do anything here in Perth. And then this opportunity came up. My partner was actually in Perth. I was in Melbourne. We had this opportunity to put $100,000 down, control this $100 million car, which had a Hilton hotel on it, three other office buildings, and a vacant site. And we could see that the value of that site was far in excess of $100 million. So we poured $100,000 down. We had six months. We had to then put a million dollars down, non-refundable. hundred grand was refundable. Um, and then we controlled the site. So we sold the Hilton Hotel. Uh, we sold the three office buildings and the, the vacant site, which was worth uh, about $40 million, uh, owed us 20. So we went ahead with the, and I broke my rule. That site, um, when the government put interest rates up, was now cracking at 20%. That site was costing us 5 million bucks a year. Five years, there goes $15 million plus everything else that's going on, uh, that was the very site that sunk us. So what I'm telling you is we often as entrepreneurs know what we need to do. And the second rule that we set up inside the warrior code after tell the truth is do the right thing. What I did was broke that rule, that code to live by. I knew it was not. Uh, there was a feeling in my gut when I first put that $100,000 down, which I ignored, which was don't do this deal. No matter how attractive it looks, 
don't break your rules. And I did. And the third part of the code is love and protect the family. Tell the truth, do the right thing, above thought and emotion. Right? Above thought and emotion. If I listen, my emotion of greed overtook the sense I had inside myself. I'm not breaking that rule. And then lastly, love and protect the family and make that deal, I, it was more about me being successful than being conservative and protecting my family. Is that making sense? Absolutely. And, yeah, and, so and, I, blew, I blew it up. I blew it all up in that one decision, that one single decision. And anyone that's been through my journey that's had a you know, huge failure knows what I'm talking about because that's a common pattern that people find when they do blow it up. So your question was, okay, how did I, how did I come back from that? And literally, I lost it all. My ex-wife ended up with a farm. I went back to um, trying to sell real estate and no one would employ me because one thing about being famous is it's great on the right up, but it is shit on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> because no, you're in the paper, right? You're back in the paper again and it's all negative and everybody knows. So when I went back to real estate, because that's what I knew, trying to get a job, they all went, look, Brett, love you. Sorry, but bro, you know, our clients aren't going to deal with you. You're all the paper at the moment. You're, you know, you stink. Sorry. But one guy gave me an opportunity and uh, it was fortunate for him too because I was good at what I did. and. Um, you know, I sold a lot of real estate and made a lot of money back again. Um, but prior to that, um, I literally had nothing. I spent my last $7,000 on a shitty old Ford. And I just like handed the Porsche, you know, the convertible Porsche with the whale tail and all that, you know, back to the finance company. And went out to this shitty old Ford that cost me $7,000, had a bench seat in the front of it so I could fit all the kids in the back and, you know, one in the front and then hopefully a girlfriend next to me. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was, that was seven grand, right? That, that, and that was, that was skin. I had nothing. And I started from that point again. So I went back into real estate. Um, this guy gave me an opportunity. Um, I'm pretty good in retail real estate. So I knew shopping centers very well. I met this guy who again was also in trouble. Um, but I knew how to deal with the banks because they'd just gone through that whole exercise. So I helped him deal with the banks, helped keep the banks at bay, sold off his real estate portfolio to get him down to one shopping center, helped him really develop that, made a lot of money myself, um, stopped doing that, bought a yacht, went overseas with Marie, uh, who by that stage I'd met, uh, took three years off, didn't work for three and a half years, had enough money not to. Uh, I came back started real estate again and uh, got back in the flow of things and, uh, you know, found a shopping center, did exactly the same thing again, found a shopping center site, uh, put an option on it, got one of our supermarket operators uh, to pre-lease it from, from me, uh, went to a guy I knew, did a deal with him, he provided the money and uh, basically off and running again. What a story. What an but absolute can, story, Brad. Can I, I emphasize there that in that whole period, Justin, what it wasn't the strategy. It was me getting back in the state. One of the things I teach um, is that it's not what we're doing. It's the intent or the purpose behind what we're doing. So when I first built it, my intent was uh, to actually be loved. 
I wanted people to admire me. I wanted people to look up to me. I wanted to be famous. And I became that. But I did it out of my ego. I did it out of the wrong part of myself. And that what I know for certain is there are two forces in this universe that are observable. And we call those forces many names. But one force is the force of growth, of expansion, of becoming more, of joining people together. And that, that's why I love entrepreneurs, because that's what entrepreneurs are about. Uh, equally, there is another force in the universe that destroys everything. That is the opposite of that, that literally inside a, a tree or a plant is, is killing it as it grows. He wants to kill it as it grows. And when we associate with that force, when we come from that force as a purpose, it can only end up with what is innate in that force, which is destruction. And that's what happened to me. When I rebuilt it, I rebuilt it from the code that we now have established, which is I did it for my family and I still do it for my family. And the work that we do in Relationship Warrior, I not only do it for my family, I do it for you know my my community, my city, uh, my country, and inevitably uh, my world, which is why we have the, the goal of one million marriages, not just in Australia. That's why we're here in the US. And our intent here is to expand this, to find people that want to grow this with us in each and every city, a major city across mm -hmm. the United States. <clears throat> well, it sounds like, uh, sounds like you're on the march, to say the, say the least. And Sounds like we could have you on for several shows. I know we need to start winding down. Uh, we're kind of coming into to single digits here on the minutes, but uh, man, just a lot of passion and zeal and uh, and uh, awesome experience uh, that you have, Brett. And I appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing that with our listeners today. Guys, look, I'm so honored to be here, and I'm so grateful that uh, you know you brought me on the show just to just to talk to you. So thank you so much. Well, good. Uh, well, folks, you know, this has just been another wonderful uh, episode of uh, the Concierge Coaches Show today. And Brett, real quick, uh, how can our uh, listeners reach you or uh, contact you through what uh, through what contact points? Yeah, absolutely. So they just need to look up, um, you know, www.relationshipwarrior.org, O-R-G. And they, uh, they can contact me through that. You can also find us on Facebook under Relationship Warrior Code. Um, and, you know, obviously all the, all the social media outlets, YouTube and all, the, all those places too. Very nice. Very nice. Well, again, uh, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, Justin, you have any other uh, wrap-up? Yeah, I just want to say also, you know, echo and say thank you as well, Brett. It's been a pleasure. Learned a ton per usual. Uh, you're a dynamic individual and uh, looking forward to continuing the partnership and, and you know, growing our friendship and uh, partnership here in the coming months and years ahead. You know, keep doing what you're doing, man. It's uh, it's great work um, and, and love seeing it. So thank you once again. Yeah, look, thanks again, guys, um, Justin and David. Thank you so much. And, and likewise, Justin, stay in touch. I'm sure through Mark, you know, we'll stay connected. And, and likewise to you guys. You're doing awesome work. Well, thanks again. And folks, uh, feel free to reach us on uh, Instagram at The Concierge Coaches. We have a Facebook page at Concierge Coaches Show. I can be reached at conciergecoach.net. And Justin, how can folks reach you? Uh, just nimmergood.com. So lastname.com. You'll only find, uh, you know, a couple of us out there in the universe. So uh, I, I got the domain a while ago and, I, and I'm sticking with it. So 
Awesome. Thanks, everyone. All right. So until then, we'll see everybody here next week on LA Talk Radio on the Concierge Coaches Show. See you then. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Concierge Coaches Show with Bruce Cameron and Justin Nimmergood only on LA Talk Radio.